0: Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 198, Life is Showing You How to Wake Up. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable so I want to talk a little bit about um, how it can really look like there is a path. It can really look, especially when we hear other people's stories, and this is about anything, um, stories about how others became free of their habit, about how they woke up to the fact of thought, about how they succeeded in their business, whatever, it doesn't matter. but. When we hear their stories and everyone loves to listen to stories, I do too, it's so tricky because our mind kind of can't help but, but apply, look for their path as if there is one in their words right they're just sharing they're just sharing in that moment their incredibly biased memory and how it looks to them in that moment how something in the past apparently showed up and they're just saying it as they see it in that very moment and then our mind hears that and turns it into a path that now we should follow and it's um very sneaky and very universal i assume and Really good to be aware of, really good to see that this is most likely going on um because it because they're tr- i know it's super cliche, but there really is no path, and we can almost say there is a path and it is it is unique and it is shown to us in real time in the most subtle way that is completely obvious, but I think it's so. Obvious that we totally miss it and overlook it. So it kind of couldn't be easier. It's kind of like we're all we're just living in life. Thoughts are showing up, feelings are showing up, actions are taken. There may be a narration overlaying all of that, saying, I'm doing it, I'm making it happen. Fine, no big deal. That is all unfolding completely beyond us. There is no me pulling the strings on that whatsoever. It is just what's unfolding and what's arising and what's happening, including all the action, all of it the thoughts, the feelings, the ideas, the action, the insights. It's really just what's happening and what's unfolding. And in that, there are inclinations and there are preferences and there are things that we like and we want more of and that we're curious about naturally. And then there are things that we dislike and that don't feel right to us and don't resonate naturally. And it is our very design when we are not thinking over this and and trying to um, bulldoze over what just feels natural and force ourselves into something because our mind says that's the right path or the wrong path. When we aren't doing that, it is the most natural, automatic, non-doing thing in the world to simply move toward what we're attracted to and move away from what we aren't. I mean, that is in our very uh, design. So it's kind of like, you know, life is constantly showing us what's, I don't even want to say right but like what's there for us through what we're interested in and through what we're doing <laughs> even it's not even there's not even that extra step of oh I'm interested in this this teaching let's say so I'm interested in Buddhism so I'm going to go over here and study Buddhism it, it's it's closer than that it's more intimate than that there's there's a noticing what's happening oh okay apparently this is happening right now and what i'm trying to suggest is that that's happening constantly throughout life and particularly just it's it's the same everywhere in life but i just want to talk about it in this area particularly in this area of of what what can happen to help us kind of wake up to the fact of thought and and However, you want to say that you know, awaken from our identification with thought and see this oneness, or see see life a little less filtered. That path, pathless path, in particular, feels. I mean, all of that, Again, it, this this isn't different, but just because we we're talking about that one here, I want you to see if you can notice how how completely unique and personal and unavoidable and shown to you in real time that is and always has been. And it's hard to see that only, only because it's so obvious, but it's hard to see it because it's so obvious that we overlook it in favor of someone else's path. So this is like that episode I did a few ago called Overlooked, how it's, everything is just unfolding, but our mind is a, two steps ahead and so we miss the intimacy of life. When we're listening to other people's waking up stories or whatever it might be, their change stories, our mind's working and it's looking for their what they did, wanting to apply it. You aren't doing this. Your mind is doing this naturally for you. And that gives the impression that there is a right or wrong or better or worse. And it's very, very, very easy to just believe that, to not see that as a thought, to not see that as something a mind is doing and to kind of fall into that. And when you don't feel the way you think, you know, I don't know, enlightened should feel, or you don't feel the way awake should feel, of course your mind will say, oh, it's because I'm doing it wrong. I missed something. They feel this way. I feel that way. We're very separate. There's very different feelings here and they both mean something. And therefore I'm on the wrong path and I I did something wrong while they did something right. And that's exactly what a mind would say. And it just cannot be that way. And it also could not be simpler and truly unavoidable. Like what if your perfect the perfect things for you to see for you to realize are completely unavoidable you could not hide from from your own awakening if you tried what if that were true and and again the obstacle is going to be our mind saying well it's not supposed to look like that so what if going through that depression is exactly what showed up in your path and and and, it, and you're moved through that in a way that's always, always kind of pointing you towards seeing who you truly are. Our mind doesn't like that it has to look like depression. It doesn't have to look like depression, but if depression, if what your mind calls depression is what arises... And in that, that's where the pointers are. Well, what are we going to do? <laughs> like, we can argue with it, I guess. You can argue with it. You can say, no, I want someone else's. I'd rather meditate my way there than be depressed on my way there. Okay, that's a nice preference. Who are you filing that complaint with? Like, what? So, <laughs> so you can prefer all you want. But in a bigger way, it's like, this is what is. And and I've seen this a lot for myself around, around and with the people I work with around the, whatever it is that you call what we talk about here, um, you know, where it's just so easy because it is so vague and it is so, I mean, I can't, I don't even know how to call what we talk about here. So it's pretty vague because it is so vague and it is so like mysterious and all of that. A mind is working in overdrive to figure out a path, to concretize anything it can, to conceptualize any pieces of this that it can. And I know for me, for forever, feelings that didn't feel expansive and and free looked to be wrong. They just looked like, they looked like indications that something had gone wrong. And of course, they're They're showing us something, but they're not showing us that something had gone wrong. They're showing us that we're thinking something was wrong. You know, they were just reflecting back to me, my belief that this feeling shouldn't be here. This one's not right for me in this moment. This is, life's got it wrong somehow. I should have taken the other path. I should have become a meditator. I should have, you know, I should listen to more podcasts or read more books. That's how it looked. And that's definitely not, what those feelings were there to show those feelings are just simply there to show yeah you're making stuff up and believing it and that's what i what i was making up and believing and and most of us most of us so in all of that at times when when life felt harder than i thought it should or when i oh this is huge like when i had really experienced some amazing awakening experiences and, and a ton of freedom around things and then also felt anxious at times or depressed or whatever the fe- who knows, whatever the feeling was, also felt not great at times. A mind can't make sense of that. It, like, are you kidding me? How is that possible? That just doesn't line up on this nice linear path that our mind has set out for how our, how our freedom from suffering is going to look. And I see that all the time. All that's happening there is there is there are just waves of life and feeling and there is no rhyme or reason to them. There is no linear trend that life is supposed to follow. But our mind doesn't know that. And so it throws a fit when you feel amazing and then you don't feel amazing. And it will tell a ton of stories about that, mostly about you having done something wrong. But if there were truly no such thing as right or wrong, better, or worse, any of that, If there were truly no such thing as how to do it, a path, you know, a plan, none of that. If all of that is just a mental fabrication that has nothing to do with anything, really. It would be seen that everything is just whatever it is. Everything is just this. It's all just what's arising. It's all just okay, wouldn't even be okay, but you know, it just is. <laughs> it just is. There's no judgment on it. And and naturally there would be there would be things preferred over other things. There would be practices or teachings or books or insights or walks taken or uh inquiry had naturally, spontaneously, all of that Would continue to unfold just the way it is now and always has. But without all the thinking about it and the commentary about it and the judgment of it, I think it would be really clearly seen that this is the way that life is pulling you through. This is the way that life is showing you who you are. And it's going to naturally look and feel very different than the way life shows me who I am and everyone else. I was recently re-watching the movie Forrest Gump um, with my kids. I wanted Miller to see it because, well, one, because he's really into ping pong (laughs) and I thought he would get a kick out of seeing this guy become this ping pong champion. Um, Miller's really into a lot of things. (laughs) He's, He's just super full on into whatever he's into. And there's like 10 things at any given time. And he's very competitive and, and, just really loves. Um, he loves like like we watched this documentary. Oh, this is another thing he's into is the Rubik's cube, and he's he's learning all the algorithms to start to solve a Rubik's cube. So like things like that, like watching the documentary about these Rubik's cube champions. Like he just loves that kind of stuff. When people are the goat, as he calls them, the greatest of all time it, whatever it is they do, he he loves seeing that. So I knew he'd love Forrest Gump. A few questionable parts uh, for a ten-year-old, but not too bad. So we watched it, and um, and it just—I I, know—I know I'm not the first person to talk about Forrest Gump with regard to this understanding and kind of what we share here. But man, I hadn't seen the movie in a long time, and it was—it was just so cool to see that. Like, look at this person! What a shining example! This fake character who just does whatever the heck is in front of him. I mean, half the time, the stuff he did, he didn't even care. Somebody told him to do it and he did it. He just followed the current of life uh, and look at what shows up. And then to contrast, and it was cool because Willow pointed this out, You know, she said, well, look at him. I didn't say anything about any of that. Um, And she pointed out that, isn't it kind of interesting that someone who's supposedly not very smart had all those things happen. And look how he was just pretty happy and content in life. And Jenny, who's supposedly very smart, had all these troubles. She didn't say it exactly like that, but she picked up on that. And it's just so, it's just so fascinating. And I loved especially, um, I mean, it showed up all throughout the movie, but you know, like in the end, when toward the end when he does the running thing, when he's just running, and there's just a few scenes where he's like, I just decided to run and then he's just running for like two years and then they're out and he has all these people following and running and and he just stops and it's just like, I think it's time to go home now. And he just starts running in the opposite direction to go home and the crowd parts and all these people that had been following him, you know, with this plan, I'm following Forrest Gump across the country or whatever their plan was. They all just kind of stand there and look at each other and they're like, Well, what are we supposed to do now? And yeah, (laughs) like Forrest Gump never, never asked, what am I supposed to do now? That's overlooking how life was just doing him anyway. He just, when it was time to go home, he just turned around and ran home. But for the rest of us who, who live in this narration and there's a plan and they supposed to, of course we'd ask that question. Like, hey, wait, I thought we were doing this. Now we're doing that. But you see how that's like an extra step. It's totally an extra step and it's completely unnecessary and it's fine. I, I'm glad that we're smart and we can think that and, and live in that. But so cool to see it too, that that's a completely unnecessary overlay. And beyond that, we're all being shown through our our natural inclinations, through the action we take, through our preferences, through what we're drawn to, who we're drawn to, who we're repelled by. We're, we're being shown our perfect path. And I know sometimes it can be, um, people can hear this as, oh, so I should, this is again the way a mind will want to conceptualize and turn this into a task. Oh, so you're saying follow my passion. No, not at all. That's not at all what I'm saying. Is depression your passion? No, of course not. If you're depressed, you're depressed and that's part of your path. And there's, there's something in that for you. It's not like... Oh, I found the little school of big change and I love the way it's presented and it's my new passion. So this is the thing I follow. Well, no, now you're following a path. It's not that at all. It's noticing that if you love the little school of big change and the way we talk about this, you'll be there listening. Wonderful. It's done. And when and if you stop loving that, then you'll go on to something else. No big deal and nothing for you to do in that there is no path. There is no right or wrong. There's nothing for you to even have to be aware of or have on your radar with regard to that. It will happen. So I think about, I was thinking about some insights that I I don't even know what an insight is anymore, but what I thought were big insights that I had, you know, maybe five years ago or so not all, not all in one day, but maybe over the, over a year or so, about four or five years ago. And the only reason I know that is because it was sort of in the, the early year or two of, of the school. Um, and these were things that hit me. Like, I didn't know what the heck they were. I didn't know what I was talking about, really. I didn't know how to say much about it. But they, they were things that just felt so expansive and so right. And I could only see it as far as I could see it. And it didn't really make much sense. But I talked about it a lot. And I we had entire, you know, little school big change calls about these things. Even though I could only kind of see a tiny little corner of them. But the expansiveness, the feeling in this, and just the, just again, it wasn't even the feeling. It wasn't like I had to follow a feeling. There was a feeling in there. And I ended up just talking about it and, and pondering these things and sitting with them and thinking about them. And now, four or five years later, they look so completely different. And they this looks to me like an example, examples of what I'm saying, how it's like something is a nudge and half the time we have no idea why or what it even means. But, and I am making this up for sure. I don't know that this is how anything works, but but it feels, it kind of feels like, okay, well, all I did was just blather on about stuff I was excited about in the moment. And now here we are four or five years later and these things look way deeper and different. And I didn't make any of that happen. It wasn't like I heard this was the right thing to focus on to, to become freer or this is the right thing to teach to help people feel better. No, I just... If anything, it felt like the opposite. Like, what the heck am I talking about? But it, but it was like a, it was like a string that was pulled that just kept on going, and it kind of didn't have any other option. So, some of these were like um, uh, one thing. I mean, I had a huge insight around my own habit. This was more than five years ago. Um, around it not being personal, and I don't, of course, memories messed up. Who the heck knows? But I don't know that even at the time I really saw, like I would have said, oh, I can see that these urges have nothing to do with me. I think I did, but who knows? doesn't really matter. But there was something that was extracted from that, from my freedom, from my binge eating and, and just from the insights I had around that time that left me with this, this sense, this knowing, it's not personal. And all I knew, honestly, was to repeat that phrase over and over again. I'm sure I I'm sure I sure blathered on some more words because I can do that. But I don't even know. Like, I didn't know, really know what that meant. I knew that it felt very heavy and shameful. And I was starting to see around that. But, you know, it was kind of this very half-baked thing. And, and I was talking with people every week on Zoom and stuff more often than that. And so it just, you know, I just came out of my mouth a lot. It's not personal. And I, it, but every time I would say it, and talk about it, look in that direction, and just sit with it myself, it just felt so expansive. There was no way that was not gonna, I don't know, be talked about or explored or followed. And, and it wasn't me doing it. And it wasn't like, oh, this is the ticket to help people. I didn't see it that way at all. I just was following what occurred to me, like what I was excited about, even though, I mean, really, it was against the odds because it made no sense, really. And people said, what do you mean it's not personal? I got a lot of pushback around it, which forced me to just try to articulate it in different ways. And I still couldn't, but I tried. And and again, now in my biased memory, I'm making this up. It looks like that was doing something. Now, I had no clue that... <laughs> how could that nothing could be personal because there is no person that was nowhere on my radar 5 years ago maybe it was a little bit but just as a just as a like oh yeah well obviously me is a thought but I, like not the way it is now but i think it's really cool that something in that was knocking at the door for me that long ago. And I was sharing it and talking about it all over the place. And people were feeling that same expansiveness I felt. Maybe just they were just feeling my energy. I don't know. But it was doing something for other people. And none of us really knew what the heck we were saying or or why it mattered or how it could be that things aren't personal. And now I look at that. And again, this is just a moment in time. I'm sure this isn't done baking, hopefully. Who knows? But now it's like, oh, well, no kidding. No kidding. It's not personal. There's no me for it to even apply to. So I don't know if that makes any sense to you listening, but I I love talking about this. I love just like looking back, even though I know my thoughts about it are completely made up on the spot right now and it's not how it really was. Um, it feels so cool and exciting that there was something kind of brewing at some point that just kept simmering and it kept got to a boil louder and louder and louder and that that just feels completely inevitable. It occurred to me one day or based on something I heard or read or who knows what, and it had this energy to it and it just kept on going. And there are many things like that. I remember a little school big change call probably in 2018 where I was, I was, one of my kids was newly reading, reading like the Dick and Jane books and stuff, like newly, newly reading. And we had some very beginner book that talked about, and I hadn't thought about this stuff in forever since I was a kid, but like subject and object and like the parts of a sentence and all of that, just, you know, if if you're not an English teacher, that stuff just tends to kind of leave your mind at some point in your 20s or 30s. I hadn't thought about that, but I saw this book and it just occurred to me so much like, oh, that's the problem is <laughs> we're all about subjects and objects. And and what if you take the subject out of this sentence? What if you, you know, what if there is no I and me and mine and all of that possessive stuff? even that word possessive, right? It kind of makes sense. You take the possessive stuff out of a sentence and, or out of your experience and it's going to feel a little nicer. I saw that truly around, and, and I don't mean to say it like I saw that, like it was some massive thing I had come upon, but it just dawned on me in seeing this dumb little, you know, parts of speech book or whatever, and I remember having a call about it and I didn't really know what I was talking about, but I put enough words around it and, and, and I, it felt so expansive to me and I wasn't really sure why. And again, now, in similarly, there was a book I read in 2016 that, that I remember one sentence, it said, they aren't your thoughts. I'm sure maybe it said more than that, but that's what I remember from it. Uh, and that was like what they're not your thoughts and it's so funny that that was 6 years ago and there was such an opening from that that just has continued to unravel and mean something and i i don't i don't even know what not and again not just for me personally because i'm blessed enough to see this stuff personally and then have people who are around to listen to me talk about it. So for others too, I saw this has been a huge thing and in, in a huge part of the the Little School of Big Change and everything I teach and share is it's not yours. Again, It's all this is all kind of the same insight as they always are. It's not personal. <laughs> there's no you versus objects. Uh, there's no possession. They're not your thoughts. All these little things that just ping and don't make much sense in and of themselves. But they seem to have this life of their own that carries on and opens and expands. The last one I'll share um, is this thing about life is living us. I have no clue when I started saying that or where I, I heard that. It was not, I had never heard of this non-doership and all of that. That's all way afterward. But just this weird sense of, you know, we think we're doing it and we're not. And then it's just another example. Again, all of these are basically the same insight as all of our good insights are. But but it was like, that was a message. And then like people will tell me, oh, well, you say life lives us. And I was like, oh, do I say that? And then oh, you know, now I know I do. But over time back then, it was like, oh, I guess I do say that. I guess I have been talking about that a lot. And truly, in my mind, it feels amazing and it feels dead on. But truly, in my mind, it's like, I don't even know what that means. What does that mean that life's loving us? And of course, people ask, and they say, can you say more about that? And I think in a lot of cases, especially in the earlier days, I was like, oh, not really. I can't really say more than that, but it just looks like something's going on and we aren't making it happen and life's got it, and I don't know what life is, and I don't know what we are but but again, it didn't matter it didn't matter that there wasn't an explanation around it that made logical sense it didn't matter that there was no framework you know it it felt big for me. I could not not say it because it just was what was emerging, and it felt expansive for a lot of other people, and I have to assume that this same process has happened from them, so I I don't know where these ideas came from me, from a kid's book or from whatever. And then I hope and I think for many people that they heard a sentence I said or someone else said or whatever and then it the same thing is going on there where it's like, ooh, there's something to that. No clue what it means, but there's something to that. And I don't know. I mean, I, these are just examples of that I hope kind of show... It could have looked and it did look at times like I don't know anything. I have no idea even what I'm talking about. We're just speaking into what feels right. And I probably need to learn more. <laughs> I probably need to go figure out what this means or study something that's gonna explain this better or or whatever, or there's, there's some path or there's some story, somebody else's story that I could emulate more or whatever. But I just can't. I just think it's the coolest thing in the world to see that no, when those little nuggets were popping way back, they've continued to pop and and how could they be wrong? And it would have been so easy to call them wrong or mysterious or not helpful at the time. In no way were they any of those seven, they were mysterious, but they but continue to just be this little thread that just feels like it kind of pulls me more and more into seeing who I really am. And I know that that's the case for you too. I know that's the case for every single one of us, that we overdo it. All we have to do is nothing. (laughs) All we have to do is just let whatever whatever resonates resonate. Let our interests guide us. Let our preferences just do their thing. It's not always going to feel like this burning passion and this commitment. It's not going to always feel that way. They might just feel like, oh, I don't know, this, this book looks better than that one. I guess I'll try this one out. It could look completely subtle. It could be, You could listen to something hating it the whole time, but you're listening. So there's something in life that is pulling us forward and doing this for us and creating our path in real time on the spot in a way that some other path or someone else's story will never, ever, 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 ever even come close to. And I think that's awesome. I mean, how amazing is that? It literally could not be simpler. Just don't do anything. <laughs> just live your life. Notice where you feel a feeling of resin. I mean, just notice for fun if you want. You don't even have to notice it. It's not like that That makes it better or work better or anything. but. Those, those feelings of expansiveness, I think, are huge. It's some little, some little ping somewhere off miles away that just doesn't maybe make sense yet, but there's an excellent chance that that ball's going to keep rolling and that at some later point, it is maybe going to make more sense or, or it is going to be seen as, wow, how amazing that that showed up when it did. And it never has anything to do with us or what we're doing. After a very long, very virtual two years, the amazing Little School of Big Change live event is back. We'll gather in person from June 3rd to 5th in Chicago for two and a half days of connection, exploration, and a lot of hugs, laughter, and insights around this year's theme, which is life appearing as everything. I would love to gather and immerse in this conversation with you in person in Chicago in June. For full details and to save your seat with the early bird pricing, visit dramyjohnson.com slash Live 2022